0: To my wonderful listeners and as always thank you so so much for joining me today i want to do just a slight bit of clarification on the changes that are occurring here on the podcast it's important for me to stress to you that i'm going to have more subjects that are directly related to the aging lgbtq community it does not mean however that sex topics are off the table, and nor does it mean that there won't be some sexual aspects to some of my stories. It would be almost impossible, to be truthful, it would be almost impossible for me to tell stories of my life without having sex mentioned, as that has been a large part of my experience, I guess. So for those of you that might have thought that this podcast was too sexual in content, the concentration on other gay topics should be of more interest to you. However, those that enjoyed the sexual aspect of my stories, I think you will find my stories to continue to be tantalizing at times and ridiculously funny at other times, due to my ever present immaturity many of the episodes that i removed from the back catalog and if you look up the listing of episodes you'll see that some of the numbers are missing i'm going to take some of those and i'm going to splice them into new episodes that you're going to be able to hear periodically i want to be able to use the best material from those episodes And I don't want to do it so often that it sounds like you're hearing a rerun or something. So periodically, I'm going to throw those into other episodes. I want to give a quick shout out to some wonderful listeners that I've been speaking to in this last week. Greetings to Bear, Sergio, and Sean. I love my continued conversations with all of you, and I encourage any of you that might be a bit shy to correspond with me, I always want you to feel comfortable asking any questions or giving an opinion like, you suck, or you're the best thing ever. And you can even just contact me to say hello. I would love that. You can always reach me at, an older gay show at gmail.com. I'll be honest, sometimes it may take me a few days to get back to you, but I do get back to every single person. And also, I wanted to mention that I've decided I'm going to move forward with giving you the measurement changes that are occurring with my use of the Bathmate Hydro Max X30. I haven't really had the chance to use the product on a daily basis yet. I've just been doing tons of shit. So, therefore, I'm going to tell you that I'm going to start using it daily on this Sunday. And then every two weeks, I'm going to give you an update on the changes that have occurred. And if you haven't heard it, the last episode of this podcast, podcast number 42, talked in depth about this product. So I'm going to give you the first update on the podcast that will be the week of March 27th. And I'm very excited to see if in fact this does something. I think it does. Many people have said it does. We'll find out. In today's show, we're going to talk a bit more in depth about a condition that affects many of us as we age, and we'll look at the causes, the symptoms, and the treatments. This particular condition is one that has affected me personally, so I'm going to also tell about my particular experience with this. And for many years, the different treatments that I've tried And the ones that are helping me with management of this problem. So, of course, my name is Joey Hernandez, and this is Gay Health 2, because I have a Gay Health 1 further down in my episode catalog. And today's topic is neuropathy, the 43rd episode of An Older Gay Guy Show. And just like I always do on my other podcast, Beginner Diet and Fitness Podcast, I need to give a disclaimer before I start talking about this subject. I am not a doctor. Surprise, surprise. So any and all medications and treatments that are discussed, you have to talk to your physician before implementing any changes in what your regular lifestyle has been talk to your doctors, folks. Your doctor knows you best. Okay, so let's start with what neuropathy is. Peripheral neuropathy, also known as PN, is damage to or disease-affecting nerves, which may impair sensation, movement, gland, or organ function, or other aspects of health, depending on the type of nerve affected. The most common that are affected by this are people that are aged 41 and beyond. Neuropathy affects approximately 8% of people over the age of 55. 8%, that's, a, that's quite a bit. Quite a number of people have this problem. Your nervous system consists of two parts. We're going to talk a little medical crap here at the beginning, but I just really want you to understand exactly what this is and why it's occurred. The central nervous system is one part, and the peripheral nervous system is another. The nerves to your peripheral nervous system transmit messages between your central nervous system Your brain and spinal cord, and the rest of your body. These nerves regulate a large range of functions throughout the body, including voluntary muscle movement, motor nerves, involuntary organ activity, autonomic nerves, I had to practice saying that, and the perception of stimuli, sensory nerves. Peripheral neuropathy, which is often simply referred to as neuropathy, is a condition that occurs when your peripheral nerves become damaged or somehow disrupted. Neuropathy can affect any of the three types of peripheral nerves, motor nerves, sensory nerves, and autonomic nerves. In some neuropathic cases, only a single nerve is damaged. Other times, two or more isolated nerves can be affected. But most often, and in my case, this is true, numerous nerves throughout the body become dysfunctional in concert. The medical information, by the way, that I am discussing is from the Mayo Clinic so what exactly causes neuropathy the most common reason is diabetes that's caused by insulin dependent type 1 diabetes but also very very common is type 2 diabetes and more and more information is coming in that that is a condition that does not have to happen we can prevent or at least reduce greatly the onset of type 2 diabetes. And we've talked in other podcasts, and I talk about it in my diet podcast, about ways to prevent yourself from getting to the point where you get type 2 diabetes. But that is a very common thing to get peripheral neuropathy when you have diabetes. Also, HIV, as it advances and Lyme disease, and shingles, and physical trauma can be causes in the larger group of causes for neuropathy. Other less common reasons are kidney disorders, toxins from exposure to heavy metals, certain drugs including antivirals and antibiotics, chemical imbalances due to liver disease hormonal diseases, deficiencies in vitamins, including E, B1, which is thiamine, B6, B12, and niacin. And those are necessary for healthy nerves. Alcohol abuse is another cause. Cancers and tumors that exert harmful pressure on nerve fibers Chronic inflammation and blood diseases and blood vessel damage. Furthermore, various autoimmune disorders can bring about peripheral neuropathy. This is in which the body's immune system attacks and destroys healthy body tissue, and that can lead to nerve damage. These disorders include multiple sclerosis rheumatoid arthritis, and lupus. So as you can see, there is a whole plethora of possible conditions that will result in peripheral neuropathy. That's why it's as high as it is with 8% of the population that are over 55. Let me tell you a little bit about my own personal experiences with neuropathy. My neuropathy started about 15 years ago, just a slight tingling in my toes. That was like the first thing that I noticed was happening. The tingling then kind of turned to a burning sensation, and I started to lose some of the feeling in my feet. I was able to walk fine back then, but the thing was that my feet were getting more numb as time progressed. And I would be in the habit of walking around barefoot in my house, sometimes even outside into the yard. And because my feet were that numbness, I could not feel when something impacted my foot. I've stepped on bits of glass. I've stepped on small rocks. And one time I even stepped on a tack in my office. And the problem was because my foot was so numb, I did not feel that these things went into my foot. So it wouldn't be a few hours or I think in the case of um, a piece of glass, it was a full day and night before I realized that that was stuck in my foot. And so, of course, that can do continued damage. You can get an infection and not realize it so it was challenging back then now at the time i did not realize that i had some blockage in my arteries that wasn't brought to my attention until i was doing some chopping with an axe outside on a summer day when it was like 96 degrees i was taking out a stump out in the front yard And I was wailing on it with this ax and I started having some slight discomfort in my chest, a feeling like I couldn't quite catch my breath. So that led to me going to my doctor, who then referred me to a cardiologist. And then we did some workup and found out that I do in fact have some obstruction, plaque buildup in my arteries. And therefore I don't get full blood flow down All the way through my legs and into my feet and and into my hands. So, this lack of blood supply to my extremities, the peripheral nervous system, is what began to slowly increase in the numb feeling, but also increasing that burning sensation in my toes, or else the opposite would happen. It could be a summer day, 85 degrees out, and my feet were ice cold in feeling, touching them, but also as I felt them in my body. Ice, ice cold. So it was very depressing. I'll I'll be honest. It was a very depressing situation to deal with. The numbness was continuing in my feet, getting worse and worse. And then it was beginning to affect my ability to walk properly or to stand for any length of time in one spot at a point a few couple years ago, two, three years ago, that numbness started to creep up my calf of my leg. And so I was pretty panicked about it. My doctor had put me on the medication that is most common used for it. You probably see advertisements on television for it. It's called Lyrica. And that is something that does help alleviate some of that problem feeling, not the numbness, But the burning and cold sensations seem to be reduced when you take Lyrica. However, it is a drug that after a while you become adjusted to it and you need to increase your dosage of it. And it is a drug that can be addictive to people. In fact, they even say on the TV commercial that it can be addictive. So after a few years of taking Lyrica, the problems were still getting worse. The numbness primarily was what was the problem. My my feet on the bottom and through the top of the toes, I had almost no feeling in them at all. And I used a cane walking for a short time. My doctor had recommended it, but I'm sorry. I wasn't going to be on a cane for the rest of my life when I was in my early 50s. So I decided on my own, and I'm not suggesting this to you, I suggest you talk to your doctor, but I decided that I was going to find a way to work with balancing myself and walking properly, even if it was for shorter periods of time. My doctor also increased my medication. He gave me nortriptyline, which is another drug that can be used to help with your feet. And that did alleviate, again, even more of that feeling of coldness or burning or discomfort. But the numbness is something that was not changing. If anything, it was getting worse. I've talked quite a bit in the podcast about the fact that I use a sauna when I go to the gym and the length of time that I'm in there. And to me, it seems that when I'm sitting in the sauna and I do like a massage to my feet and toes, even though it feels really creepy because I can see my hand touching my foot, but at the same time, the only feeling I have is in the very center of my foot that I'm touching it. But it seems that over time of my using the sauna, it seems to have been able to increase blood flow. And therefore because i get increased blood flow i get a slight reduction in the bad feelings of neuropathy i'm not saying that it in any way repairs the nerves it's maybe that's possible i don't know but for me it's one of the reliefs that i use so this is something i'm just going to have to live with for the rest of my life i'm doing a diet to help reverse heart disease and that's going to help blood flow. But until medical science advances a bit more, there is no cure for it. You can only alleviate symptoms and possibly increase the blood flow to those areas, which may or may not somehow help nerves regenerate. There are studies going on of all of the different methods that are used to treat it, and if I ever discover something that seems to be helping the nerves regenerate and that is verified by my doctor i will let you know certainly about that meanwhile let's move on a little bit and talk about the different medications that are some treatments for the condition very commonly pain relievers are used to help get yourself through living with this Over-the-counter pain medications, such as non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, can relieve mild symptoms. For more severe symptoms, your doctor might prescribe painkillers. Medications containing opioids, such as oxycodone, these can lead to dependence and addiction, and they're the most serious in the treatment for this condition. And they're used primarily only when other medications don't seem to be working. Anti-seizure medications are used. Topical treatments such as lidocaine patches are a treatment that you apply to your skin that might offer pain relief. Antidepressants, some antidepressants have been discovered that they help with neuropathy. I take a high dosage of gabapentin for my bipolar condition, and those seem to also be aiding in the relief of my neuropathy. But other antidepressants such as amitriptyline and nortriptyline, which is the one that I said i take, have been found to relieve pain by interfering with the chemical processes in your brain and spinal cord that actually cause you to feel pain. Cymbalta is another treatment medication. You probably see that on television as well. And a very common treatment medication is that one that I was first on, Lyrica. That is probably the most common medication that is prescribed for peripheral neuropathy. There are some therapies and procedures such as transcutaneous electrical nerve stimulation, also known as TENS, which is when electrodes are placed on the skin to deliver a gentle electric current at varying frequencies. But in all, the medications, the treatments, not everything works for everyone. So you need to find out what works best for you And that would be working in conjunction with your physician. Some people with peripheral neuropathy try alternative treatments for relief. Although researchers haven't studied these techniques as thoroughly as they have most medications, acupuncture seems to help some. Also, certain herbs, such as evening primrose oil, might help reduce neuropathy pain in people with diabetes specifically. Some herbs interact with medications, so always discuss herbs that you are considering using with your doctor. And lastly, if you think you might have undiagnosed neuropathy, please Don't just deal with it. Try to push it away. Try to convince yourself it is nothing. Go to your doctor immediately. You might be able to have a treatment offered that's going to relieve that discomfort and possibly help at least stave off the severity of the condition for a period of time. So that's the wonderful cheery. Condition known as peripheral neuropathy. I will be back next week with another episode of an older gay guy show. If you enjoy the podcast, I would love it if you'd give me five stars on iTunes and maybe make a comment. And meanwhile, please make sure you are subscribed to the podcast so you get new episodes as they come out. And also subscribe to the YouTube channel called An Older Gay Guy Show. I am up to the point where I'm doing some test videos now, getting ready for my official launch on April 3rd. Thanks again, my friends. Talk to you very soon. Have an awesome, awesome week. Take care. Bye for now.